social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to the John DePietro Show. to the John DePietro Show. Folks, it's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dePietro.com. This portion of our program is brought to you by Henry Oil. Boy, it is chilly this morning. It sounds like, you know, right now, without question, we have entered the heating season. So why not call Henry Oil, family tradition, folks, Rhode Island tradition, since 1947. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Make Henry Oil your oil provider reliable affordable fuel oil delivery fuel oil diesel gasoline delivery residential commercial fuel oil delivery service contracts budget plans serving most rhode island and southeastern mass it's henry oil make them your oil provider automatic delivery budget plans service contracts lock and cap pricing call henry oil today 401-521-0200 it's henry oil well it is uh, closing arguments in the kyle rittenhouse case of which uh, national guard is standing by good morning america had uh, gma had a good piece on the closing arguments that are uh, taking place let's listen to that his case is nearing its end his mother speaking out over the weekend about her son's decision to take the witness stand. it was rough and it was heartbreaking and emotionally draining for this was on Fox News. And for my family, I couldn't even be prouder of him. Closing arguments will begin at 9 a.m. Central Time here, and defense attorneys are expected to hammer home what Kyle Rittenhouse claimed in that dramatic testimony last week, that he acted in self-defense. <laughs> the governor of Wisconsin has put 500 National Guard troops on standby as this city braces for possible unrest. Kyle Rittenhouse faces three counts of homicide, among other charges, and he could be sentenced to life in prison if he's convicted of the most serious charge, first-degree intentional homicide. But prosecutors have occasionally seemed to struggle in court, with the judge angrily chastising them at times. Don't get brazen with me. And some of their own witnesses have given testimony more helpful to the defense. Still, the judge in this case has indicated he could include lesser charges during jury instructions. But on Fox, Kyle Rittenhouse's mother says she believes the jury will find her son not guilty. They've been taking notes, listening to the truth, and I hope they take that and take that into what um the outcome is going to be the judge in this case has given the lawyers on both sides a maximum of two and a half hours each for closing arguments today there will be jury instructions then and so the jury is likely to get the case by this evening they will not be sequestered as for kyle rittenhouse he is living with his family here in wisconsin he's moved from illinois and he is awaiting his verdict now over the course of the weekend um you were hearing or i was hearing anyway there are people saying oh he went there he was hunting and he was there you know it's just so disingenuous and, and horrific the way they're describing it also folks how about this why is the national guard on duty why does the national guard have to be on on uh, on call uh is it because oh i don't know if he's found guilty no that's we all know the reason why and the reason why the National Guard has to be there is if the jury votes not guilty, they expect rioting and looting. We have to go back to this. Why are we going backwards like this? Why is that acceptable? That should never have been acceptable. It shouldn't have been acceptable in 2020. It shouldn't be acceptable in 2021 or any year going forward. And we all know the answer to it. Never just kind of dances around it. The reason the National Guard has to be ready and they're called out is, in fact, if the jury comes out with the verdict that they should which is not guilty they don't have the national guard ready in case the jury finds him guilty because then if he's found guilty there won't be any rioting you know this type of attitude of allowing this this is what caused the problem in the first place this is exactly what caused the problem in the first place this was night three of the rioting setting fires do you know that there were um hundreds of businesses many of them never reopened that were completely destroyed and initially they were letting the people they called it just you know venting and letting off steam and letting them do that so all eyes are going to be on this it kind of flashes back now 
Some other stories we're going to be watching and talking about is it is a full meltdown for the vice president. You know, I've had I remember when uh, in January when Biden was sworn into office, uh, people were saying, oh, he's he's going to be going by May. They're going to hand it right over to her. And I'd say, I don't think so. I don't think they're handing it over to Kamala Harris. She was put there because first he said he was going to have a female vice president. And then after last summer, they felt they need to have a, a vice president uh of color <clears throat> then people said oh you watch he'll he won't even be there by labor day well you know now we're getting close to thanksgiving biden is still in office and if anything she feels frozen out and the reason i want to point that out is many of you that were saying they're just warming this up for her you were wrong they, they're not warming it up for her she was chosen number one he said he would choose a female vp Fall is here. It's going to start to get colder. Folks, call R.E. Coogan and Heating today at 401-732-6562. R.E. Coogan and Heating, 24-hour emergency service, whether it's plumbing or heating and cooling. Helpful, trustworthy, reliable. As Coogie says, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. Call them today, 401-732-6562. You can also find them on Facebook and the website, recooganheating.com they're helpful trustworthy reliable residential services from winter to summer trained technicians provide 100 service one customer at a time service calls maintenance agreements call re coogan and heating today 401-732-6562 it's coogie 401-732-6562 again look for them on facebook and then the website recooganheating.com call now keep your home nice and warm gas oil burners 24 emergency service re coogan and heating 401-732-6562 to the john DePietro show weekdays we start at 11 we go until 2 it's am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at the website petro.com it's time for our segment politics this week joining me he's the managing editor anchorising.com it's Justin Katz. And Justin, I want to start off with, and I want to give them a lot of credit, um, WPRI Channel 12. They've done a very good job uh, with this ILO contract. And I think it's one of those things that's a little inside, but more details are starting to come out uh, about this. But there's two factions I want to just kind of zero in on. This was this group that had been dealing with Governor McKee, and then they formed into a company right after he became, in fact, the governor in early March uh, they incorporated themselves. Then, boom, they land beginner's luck, a $5 million contract. We've learned more that seemingly his right-hand guy was writing the specs. But on top of that, you know, what also was revealed was that Channel 12, when they were trying to get public access records, the person they were trying to get, his name is Mike McGee. And if they would put Mike McGee, that meant that they were getting uh, public access documents from Michael McGee. So I guess he was using some back and forth and hmm. different names. It, it certainly comes off like game playing by the McKee people. But I want to start off by talking about this. Um, the, again, it's a little bit inside baseball. I think it is going to something that's going to come back and hurt him uh, in the race, in the primary for governor. But your thoughts on the silo contract and some of the new developments? Well, it, it really should come back and bite him. I mean, it's... Yeah. <laughs> At the beginning, it's it was it's kind of in concept defensible, right? If you've got a you've got a governor has focused on education, particularly reform with uh, mayoral academies, which are charter schools, going against the insiders, uh, against the teachers' unions for years on this stuff. Um, it's it's completely understandable that he would he would want to start bringing in new people with fresh ideas and perhaps people he's worked with and has experience with. There's no problem yeah. with that. But as these details come out, it's just, you know, the, the McGee is on, is one of his big supporters helping him, advising him. He's, he's, as you said, writing the specs for the contract, estimating it, uh, in command at this chiefs for change nonprofit that, uh, McGee and McKee worked with, uh, starts this ILO company at the same time. She doesn't go to a Zoom meeting that's supposed to be about this contract, but instead McGee brings up her company uh, and then they start negotiating. And then the, the, the ILO comes back with such an outrageously high bid compared with the other bidder that 
that even a bureaucrat starts saying, uh, yeah, what do we do here? Because you, you got to give, give us some instruction because there's no way they should win this. And then the McGee administration almost starts advising instead of the Department of Education. And all of this, as I said, might be understandable, except for the fact that it's done in the middle of the night in some cases at 1 a.m. with emails flying back and forth, surprise, secret you know, messaging with the governor's office. It's just, it just stinks. And it's, it's really, I have to say, I'm surprised. I kind of thought McKee knew how to run things and had some sense of, you know, what was appropriate. But this is, I, unless there's some strange detail that we're all just missing, this really looks completely inappropriate. And just, just like a way to grab millions of dollars of money and shuffle it to some cronies which is is really i don't know ought, ought to be disqualifying i i agree with you justin and on top of that number one they, they can't argue you know well we're brand new or anything listen he, he's been around he was the mayor they did some contracts justin if if we flash back you know 20 years ago and change the names to cnc and Correnti, you, you you have a federal investigation but they basically did uh, except the, the names are McGee and, and McKee, but they they tailored the specs to deliver this money right to some friends of his. And what, what are your thoughts that basically uh, or seemingly that uh, Governor McKee and his staff, they're upset with Channel 12 because he thinks that one of his rivals is the one that's providing them the information. I, I still don't think that's I think it's irrelevant how Channel 12 was tipped off about this contract it's the conduct that's the most concerning to me yeah well that's i mean what that makes me think of is some you know like a a spouse is cheating on his wife and and he starts to blame the neighbor who tells the wife there was a woman coming in the house i mean it's not the neighbor's fault i mean you you did something wrong i mean that's uh, and i mean the but that's very much in keeping with his problem as i said i could almost i could i could see backing a a contract to an outsider group that is comfortable with the governor trying to shake things up a bit if it were done openly and and the case was made to the public and everybody had a chance to see and argue and agree or not it's the same kind of thing you know the fact that wpri might be getting this from one of his opponents relevant bring bring out the you should want it out there and justify yourself. If you're hiding it, that, it just goes right back to that impression of, of Mike McGee sending 1 a.m. emails uh, delivering the specs for the contract that his friend is going to win. I mean, that's that's yeah. really, it's just that secretiveness that is the problem. And I, I think uh, the, the fact that McKee is kind of almost doubling down on the secretiveness and playing uh, trying to play a victim of some kind really is not does not bode well for him. And I think that's, as we discussed last week, I think that's why we're, we're seeing uh, tanking in his, his donation dollars. Cause yes. he's not, he's not proving like to be a guy who can, who can manage crises, let alone a government. And, and on top of that, and again, folks, our segment is politics this week with me. is Justin Katz. You know, Justin, there's also a passive aggressiveness uh, to the McKee people. I saw it that, Friday night, you know, when I was out, when the protesters attempted or did go to his home and just the way he played it off. Oh, you know, they have a right to be there. I just, you know, they were marching around and my poor neighbors and, and that and was, was totally different than what happened. But you also saw, you know, two weeks ago, uh, Governor McKee went out of his way to, quote, do an event. And he said at the media briefing with Rhode Island's anchorman, and he was looking almost like right at the Channel 12 people as he was announcing he was doing something with Channel 10. But this this notion of the Channel 12 is seeking documents, and the key people know exactly who they're looking for. Any uh, email that has to do with this Mike, Mike McGee, and then they find out that they were holding back emails that said Michael McGee. The McKee people, Justin Katz, they may have had a laugh over it and thought that they were somehow putting the screws to Channel 12, it's very short-sighted and and to me it sets a pattern that if you remember the media when you're dealing with them uh you know you have to kind of be on guard because how you request the information uh could then you know that could be how they respond uh you know kind of depending on depends on what the word meaning of the word is is like that type of thing oh certainly and i think that's 
that's a big indication that there's something being hidden. I mean, we, I'm sure many of us had experience with the Raimondo administration doing similar things, handing out special favors to stations that did, you know, the first interview after COVID went to Ted Nisi, you know, anybody who, who that was kind of their, they used that as currency, but they were much better at it. McKee's team seems to be almost, you know, thuggish and thuggish and about it. I mean, hiding, hiding information because of the, the form of the first name shows a completely wrong attitude. The attitude is yeah. supposed to be, let me help you get the information that you're seeking. That's supposed to be what access to public records means. Not, can you formulate a question that I can't avoid? I mean, that's just, it's just an indication that they really do know they've got a problem here. There's no defense to it. And so they have no other option than to try to hide as much as they can. And that as you say, is short-sighted because it comes back to bite you. Just put it out on the table. You've got a, you've got almost a year till the, till the election, not quite as much to the primary, but, you know, put it on the table, get it out there, get over it, maybe show some contrition and show you can learn from it or something, or try to make the case for what you think you were trying to do. That's what you have to do at this point, unless you're, you really do think you can bully one of the major news networks in the the state into dropping the story altogether and all the rest into not picking it up after they do it. I, and that's just not feasible. So there's just, there's no strategizing going on here. It's almost as if instead of hiring PR folks, gov- the folks in government ought to be hiring, you know, strategists or people. Yeah. And before we go to the break, uh, you know, another member of the media said to me, you know, the McKee people, they need to, you know, he's no longer the mayor of Cumberland. And this isn't a matter of like, you don't return a phone call from the Valley Breeze. Like, you know, you, you regardless what people may may think, I mean, Channel 12, Providence Journal, Boston Globe, people that are, they, that's what they are. They're journalists. They're doing everything, you know, within their job. And to, to try to play fast or loose or try to be cute about it. And then, oh, you didn't ask for that. So we're not going to give you that. Yeah, I, I like I had said, I think it's very short sighted and it, it puts I mean, it, it can't be ignored. Everyone else, you have to realize when when you're dealing with their administration, you have to be careful how you word the question. And then you have to really examine how they answer, because you can't take anything for granted. Folks, quick break. A lot more politics this week. Justin Cass, managing editor, anchorising.com, right here on The John DePietro Show. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body today, 401-272-3340. Were you in an auto accident, someone damaged your vehicle? Folks, it can happen, whether it's people not paying attention, a drunk driver, people texting and driving. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Remember, with West Fountain Auto Body, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. Call them today. If you were in an accident, drunk driver, someone texting and driving, minor fender bender, even a nearly totaled vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body today, 401-272-3340. They'll handle everything for you, the original, the best. And if you're in an accident and a tow truck pulls up, tell them, bring that car over to West Fountain Auto Body, 401 401- 272-3340, 401-272-3340, West Fountain Auto Body, located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. They'll work for you, not the insurance company. If you're in an accident, call West Fountain today. Get it repaired, 401-272-3340. Our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, Managing Editor, AnchorRising.com. Now, Justin, Governor McKee has uh, signed an order so the mask mandates stay in school uh, going forward at least into the next month. Massachusetts, I noticed, they're breaking it off now. Districts that have still have high COVID numbers, they still have the mask going. Uh, they're, they're starting to say, okay, this school district doesn't have a problem, so they don't have to wear a mask. This one, you know, still has high numbers, they have to. What is your reaction to, see, this is where I also get into when you follow Dr. Scott and their whole thing about equity and you got to treat everyone the same. I, I don't understand this. I don't agree with it where, you know, she, they did that the Department of Health during COVID, whereas, I, as I've always said, they were, they were treating uh, Jamestown and Block Island the same way they were treating Central Falls, even though the outbreak at Central Falls was like so much worse. 
But what do you make of this? Uh, he's continuing with the mask mandate in the schools. It's just at this point, it's it's clearly not an emergency. If you're managing at this level of detail, it's time yeah. to just uh, let it go back to the schools or demand that the legislature give you some authority because it's at this point it's just ridiculous. And my take is, I, I think the equity your, your equity point is very well taken. I mean, it's it's there is this sense and. If, in some fair, to find some you know other fairness in it, there there it is a smaller state than Massachusetts, so people will compare Jamestown to Central Falls more readily. But even so, you you just don't do that. It shows you're not you're you're not considering the illness as it is and actually trying to manage it among a population of people. You're still playing political games with it. You're still caught up in this ridiculous ideology that has nothing to do with science. Uh, and that's that's what they're doing if, if they're measuring Central Falls against Jamestown or Block Island. It's just it's just ridiculous. But I think the, to me, the larger the larger goal is they they just don't know how to get off this ride. They jumped into it, yeah. starting with Raimondo. They jumped into it with both feet way overbearing, caused huge problems for students, for families, for the economy, and they have to ride it out to the end because otherwise people will start to say, as we've discussed before with, with the healthcare workers, they'll start to say, well, why is that group not have the mask and this one does? Is, is it not That's as right. serious as you said it was? So they've really dug themselves with the help of the news media, this big hole of this is this terrifying, deadly disease. We all have to panic and give over all our civil rights. Uh, they really doubled down on that. And now they, I don't think they know how to get train and so until they have everybody vaccinated whether it helps or not whether whether people are naturally immune or not they until they have that sort of excuse to have all their pr people go out and say okay now we can open up i think they're very reluctant to to ease anything at all and and they'll, they'll only do it as they really have to because justin if you step back and say all right because of the the transmission numbers are so low starting tomorrow students i'll just stick with those two examples block island Jamestown, they no longer have to wear masks. However, soon Central Falls, Providence, because the admission transmissions are still very high, you still have to wear masks. They, they, they now would argue, well, that's not equity. And now you're not treating them fairly. And now is that because of race, because of the kids in Providence, Central Falls, compared to, you know, Jamestown or Block Island? It, it, it doesn't make sense. But this is what, you know, Governor McKee, he's going to have to answer for this stuff, just to, just gets when the election's going to roll along. And he may be following his equity, you know, Department of Health, Dr. Nicole Scott. But if you step back, that, that just doesn't make any sense. It has nothing to do with race. It has to do with the transmissions are in those particular, you know, community uh, communities and towns. Oh, certainly. And I think what you've, you've raised a very good example of the problem with this whole idea of systemic racism. Right. I mean, you could put in a, a very objective rule if forget the district if your school building has 50 percent covid positivity whatever just pick a number you you have to wear masks if you're below it you don't have to wear masks that's a very straightforward rule that everybody could follow with this whatsoever but the whole idea of anti-racism and critical race theory is that and systemic racism is if if the numbers come out in a way that makes it look like one race is more affected more than another. That is evidence itself of racism. And I think you're right on a political point. This McKee's really carefully got to consider, I mean, he spent a lot of time trying to beat back progressives so he wouldn't lose a primary, but in any primary, there aren't only progressives. They may be, they may be disproportionately strong in a primary, but they're not the only voters. And if, if he's losing the suburban voters who might be hesitant about the radicals like Magaziner, uh, then that's going to be a big problem for him because you, you can't try to decrease your, your negatives among your opposition without also shoring up your positives among your base. And I think that's, that's, likely what he's doing as he goes on with this. On the other hand, it could be that suburban parents who are going to be McKee voters are panicked, that there's a there's a disappointing number of people who, who really are just scared to death of the whole thing and, and would rather their kids stay in masks for the rest of their lives. So they might be disproportionately Democrat primary voters as well. Folks, again, our segment is politics this week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com. Justin, taking a look at the governor's race, based on what happened in Virginia, what happened in New Jersey, very close race. Um, I'm wondering, are you surprised that the, the Rhode Island Republican Party still has not trotted out uh, in, in your thoughts on, I mean, I, I think if you look at how the Biden polling numbers are going, 
the, the condition, the atmosphere in the country, I, I think it's, it suddenly has turned into that there is a path to victory for the right type of Republican candidate. So I'm just curious your thoughts on, to, to, to date, um, they still just have Dave Darlington, who, again, I, I know him, but he's never really held statewide office. He's not certainly not a name. Um, seems to be just jumping in because he thinks that no one else is jumping in. But are you surprised that they're not taking more advantage of what seems to be going on in the rest of the country? Well, I, part of the part of the thing to consider is there's a lot of there's a lot of lead time. So the the election results in Virginia and New Jersey even were were somewhat surprising. So it's going to take time for a credible candidate to look at that, look at his or her life and say, yes, I will run for governor in these circumstances. So there could be some lag there, but I'm not really surprised even if that doesn't happen just because the, the entire political structure in Rhode Island is so, so corroded and falling apart, especially for those who have uh, right of center views that it, it would really, and you know, you're, you're go- whatever happens nationally, Rhode Island's going to be to the left of that. So you know you'll be, say Donald Trump wins the presidency again, you'll be asked by every journalist in the state every time he says anything, uh, if you're the Republican governor, governor of Rhode Island. Uh, so yeah. there's, there are a lot of negatives to being in that. And the pool isn't that huge. I was thinking about that with Blake Filippi, uh, the speaker leader of the Republicans in the House uh, is is another big name they're calling for governor. But the thing that really people have to remember there is legislator is a very, very different job than governor and in some ways more important, in some ways less important. But this goes, it goes back to the problem with, for him, that Republicans are not, there's so few of them in the house that it takes no time to go from elected Republican or independent in Filippi's case to leader of the Republicans in the house. It takes just a couple of election cycles and boom, you're done. If there were a race for that, if there were campaigns, you'd see your Republicans going town to town, trying to get other people elected to the legislature so they would have support. I mean, the idea of, of there's nowhere to go. That's, I guess I'm saying there's nowhere to go. If you're a Republican legislator, you'll you'll never be speaker. There's no chance even working toward that. And so what happens is they get a little bit of name recognition and then they're, they're mentioned for governor. And we really need them in the legislature, building leg, building the party, building the number, the ranks of the party to, to have some competition there. And I think that would be the healthiest thing that any Republicans can do. So I just all these factors are coming together that I, I won't be surprised if, if Dave Darlington is is the only candidate. And honestly, I, while, while I'm now persuaded, you don't just leave the seat empty because who knows what could happen between now and the next election that might just put a Republican in there by default. Um, you need somebody in there and maybe Dave Darlington's the guy, maybe not. But I, I don't know that you're going to get a lot of really competent people wanting to vie for that that position. Folks, another quick break, a lot more politics this week with Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com, right here on the John DePietro Show. J. Perry Paving always provides high quality, fair pricing, exceptional service. Letter J, J. Perry Paving. Over 20 years experience specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating, patios, general masonry projects. Give them a call today. Free estimate, 401-732-1730. 401-732-1730. Letter J, J. Perry Paving. A licensed and insured contracting company. Hey, they'll meet their clients' needs, no matter how big or how small, whether it's a brand new paving project or maybe just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed. Reach out to J. Perry Paving. Get a free quote. And remember, no one's better for veterans, two veterans, than J. Perry Paving. If you are a veteran or related to one, have them give them a call. They may do their driveway for them. 401-732-1730. Find them on Facebook, and then the website is letter J, jperrypaving.com. Our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, Managing Editor, AnchorRising.com. Let's talk media. Justin, uh, first of all, big news last week. Uh, Parker Gavigan, who's been an investigative reporter, part of the I team. A little unusual. I got to admit, I was a little surprised. Maybe I shouldn't be because of uh, the television stations. We don't know exactly what's going on. But um, he made the announcement that first he said he was leaving. And then the next thing, you know, you know, within a day, we learned he's actually going to be the PR person for the Providence City Council 
which seems to have a pretty healthy. I don't understand any of that, to be honest with you. Nothing against Parker, but um, they have quite the budget just for their PR firm for the city council of Providence. I don't know why many of their people can't be their own PR, but um, you know we've seen this in the past where you get these reporters that a lot of times people don't want to push the, the, the boat or push the envelope too much because they never know that they may then switch over and take a job with the people they're covering. But let's start off a uh, media discussion regarding uh, Parker Gavigan. Well, I th- I think that's exactly the the big problem and concern here. I mean, I I, I join those who who you know express admiration for for his work over the over the last couple of decades. But uh, th- this cycle where being a well paid PR flack for a government agency, municipal or state or whatever, where that is part of the career path of any young journalist. That's a very, a, a very corrosive, uh, harmful development, because now you've got, as you say, you've, you've got folks in media, journalists who are supposed to be digging and doggedly, uh, you know, like, like WPRI going after the uh, the records of McGee and McKee's people on the ILL, ILO deal. You can't have them thinking, if I push too hard on this or catch them out in this lie, I will never get that job for six figures as a PR person for a politician in the state. And that that's not something you want your, your journalists to be thinking as, as they're doing their work. Uh, and the other part of that, I, I think it was Kathy Gregg from the Providence Journal tweeted out that she, whatever the case with, with Parker, the... the uh, the idea that the city council needs three PR people. Yeah. And that's just the city council. Remember, I mean, yes. you're not talking the mayor's got his own. No. I'm sure other agencies and departments have their own. Uh, I think you, you put your finger on it. And you, you kind of stole my big point when you, you mentioned why they why can't these people be their own PR people? That's yes. kind of kind of what elected officials are supposed to be. They're the ones who are going to be catching uh, they're supposed to be representing us as the people and selling their ideas to us for elections. This, this idea that they're going out and hiring uh, teams and teams of former media people to to be there on a taxpayer dime, to be out there pitching their ideas to and to the people. What that really indicates is the focus of government has shifted from just basic services completely to manipulating the public, because that's what PR people are there to do in good ways and bad. They're there to manipulate the public. And that's not I mean, I I blame for a lot of this. I blame Gina Raimondo because she when she came in, she really shifted the focus of government to promoting Gina Raimondo. Uh, And that I think that did a whole lot of harm. and A lot of people, other people catch on. In fairness to her, though, I mean, this goes back. I think Cicilline had I think it was a street pickup, a, a garbage pickup. A van in, in the city that drove around had his big name, his name plastered all over it. David Cicilline, mayor, garbage pickup in small letters. Uh, and, you know, you see these things all the time. Magaziners out there every day with press releases that are clearly just promoting him and his his job as as the treasurer. So it's, it's really endemic in, in Rhode Island politics and it's it's really not healthy. And so every time I see another one of these, I mean almost it's it's almost like at this point every news story you see that mentions a information being given to the, the journalist, the person who's giving it to them from inside government is another journalist. And that's just a just just a bad development. It is. And there's two other things I want to mention about that. Number one, you know, it, it's not easy if the, if you're doing investigative work. I can tell you that it's one of those things that it, it doesn't work well for new people uh, because they, they don't know anyone. You have to be there for a long time. One of the reasons why Jim Terracani of the IT team, uh, you know, was successful was because he'd been there for so long. So then when a police officer or someone in government, when they come across something, they want to tip off because so much of it, you get tipped off by people. Um, it, it helps. They would all know. I'll get this over to or at one time channel 12 you know was jack white who was uh tim white's dad so it, it would seem that you know wpri channel 12 i i think even though channel 10 for the it for a long time with tara Connie and then when parker gavigan came in they were kind of had that image i think they've lost it a little bit and now a lot of the stuff seems just be more like consumer follow-up or things like that not true investigative work wpri channel 12 they seem very vested in that uh they've obviously broken a lot of stories so i i think losing someone from that role that parker was in i think it's actually a loss for the for the public 
And and Justin, the, the other part of this that I want to mention is several years ago, someone I knew was announcing they're running for governor. And then they introduced me to, he said, this is my campaign spokesperson. And I, right at that moment, I said, you can't have a campaign spokesperson. The reporters don't know you. The voters don't know you. Anytime your, quote, campaign is speaking, it has to come from you. So I think people even have a misunderstanding of what the, the spokesperson is, is supposed to be. I understand, you know, we can't always get President Biden. So they have the, you know, Jen Psaki press person to kind of go through some of the minutia and answer things for the media. But it is filtered down where now it, it, it's almost seems an excuse why the people in power don't have to answer questions to the media. Right. Well, they're they're sort of like the CEO and it gives them plenty of yes. opportunity. Not only do they hire do they hire the PR people to spin things for them and rep- be their face to the public, which helps them hide when when something is, is bad news. But it makes it seem like they're they're beyond uh, the cameras. You don't need to you don't need to know right. who the CEO is because the spokesperson is giving you all the information you need. Yep. And that's that's really what it really ought to be is they are the spokespeople. Now, I could understand if at some point, because all the technical stuff and technology, all, all journalists want all kinds of data and, and all this stuff, I could understand having somebody who processes that information. You don't need a big time journalist uh, who's going to spin things for you as a PR person in that role. That's almost an intern role. That's almost, you know, here's the data. Here's what we have on that. If you want the spin, talk to the city councilman or, or the, the, the treasurer or whoever it happens right. to be. Uh, they, it's completely, it, it's changing the entire structure of how we even look at, at government. And frankly, I think that's, that's part of what the progressives want, uh, is that idea that government is, is really, you're not even, they're not there to represent you. They're there to run things well. And, you know, your big important decision makers can't be sitting out there in front of a camera answering questions for the media. They've got big important things to do. So here's our, here's the former friendly investigative reporter from channel 10 to sit in front of the camera for us and spin things on our behalf. Yeah. Uh, and, and then it's their name more and more. I've been noticing a lot more. It wasn't that long ago, even within a year that almost every article I saw would, would say a spokesperson for governor so-and-so or whatever. Uh, now more and more, you're getting the name of the spokesperson. Uh, yes. Joe from Department of health. Yes. You know, that kind of thing. And I think that's an indication that, the, the, they're trying to elevate the politicians above the effects of their own decisions, which, yep. which per, is permeating more and more of our stories. And that's, that's a, a bad development, too. That's, that's going to go under the radar until it becomes a real big problem. Folks, again, our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor at AnchorRising.com. Uh, rounding out part of our uh, media segment, Justin, I did want to give you a chance where we had mentioned him before, but there's an independent uh, podcaster, uh, also works, I think, for Channel 36, Bill Bartholomew. And uh, I got to admit, I was taken aback because of a post that you had uh, made and referred to you as the alt-right, which is, um, boy, everything is like labeling and alt-right. I haven't heard that phrase in quite some time. Um, it goes back a couple of years ago. Uh, your posting, is, I mean, I, I won't speak for you. I, I don't view you as someone, but it's posted to the followers of, look, I'm almost like being attacked by the alt-right. They, they seemingly, to me, sometimes there are certain people just throw around phrases and they don't even really know what that, what that even encompasses and means. Yeah, that's the, you know, it used to be Tea Party, then it was alt-right. Right. Now it's, now it's I don't know, whatever it is now, deplorable, and then uh, uh, Trumpist and J6, the, you know, January 6th people. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of laughable. I, because as I understood it to mean was just conservatives who didn't think the kind of wishy-washy old conservative guard was, was quite honest about the situation and needed to ease up a bit. That was how I understood it, right? But then the, then the media, which is all progressives at this point, started to make it a, a nasty word. Um, but yeah, that I actually, I thought of that post again the other day, because we're, we're talking, he was, as we talked about last week, he was kind of dehumanizing the, the yes, people who support uh, the January 6th, you know, the strain of human that, that supports the January oh. 6th people. And then, but since then, all of those January 6th prisoners were, were taken out of the, the prison, the prison guard asked them. I mean, 
come on, it's, it's getting kind of silly now. You're going to say it's an alt-right yeah. conspiracy or it's a strain of person. No, it's really, it's really getting dangerous where we've got to get past this. These are the alt-right people. And I think you're completely right. I, I get that a lot. I'm sure you do too, where you'll see, you mention somebody on the left or even relatively mainstream, and then they'll, they'll kind of call reporters, like, ha ha, this person, go get them. Uh, and then you, mean tweets from those folks making funny or, or insulting you uh it's I, it's part of the game and it's it's kind of pathetic actually and uh justin finally the north kingstown story just continues to spin out bizarre the uh coach involved with this whole naked fat test he does have an attorney who issued some statements but then you know it, it's clear i i think the boston globe has done a very good job on this um, channel 12 certainly has done a good job are you surprised i'm surprised this hasn't gone into more of the political realm other than if this were maybe like some republicans involved somehow that are on the hot you know somehow this would would be a bigger deal but um just your latest on the north kingstown story which is very just very disturbing and bizarre yeah, well, I mean, well, since we last discussed it, at least I came across more information about him being the, the school institution having known about this. And yeah. in 2018, the superintendent told him to stop. And I th it's almost it reminds me of almost our discussion a few minutes ago about McKee and, and ILO. Just get the information out there. That's when the school should have said inform the public. We have some right. statements about this. Uh, it slipped through the cracks. We've told him to stop. They didn't do that, one imagines, because it was so obviously wrong. He should have lost his job at that point, but they didn't want to do that. So they held on to him. And we are really getting scandalous. And I wonder how much of this is kind of caught up with the other discussions with the reason it's not becoming a scandal, partly, I'm, I'm sure, because there's no prominent conservatives on the school committee or or in the superintendent's office. But uh, partly, I think I wonder if they're just caught up. They don't know how to respond because at, at the same time, they've got uh, pictures of of adult child nudity in the library right. in their gender yes. queer book. So, so they, they really, they're not, they don't, the media, in addition to the administration, don't know how to, how to take advantage of this for political gain. Uh, and other, that's why you don't see the AGs investigating, but you don't see the big promotion of, of all the stories. I mean, when you, uh, in contrast, when we, a, a week or two ago, the AG started pr prosecuting a, a priest who was defrocked in 1993 uh, for, for child molestation. That's been bigger news in some ways. That's, that's more of the AG saying, we're going out to fight this. Uh, you're seeing much less of that. And I think it's because we're in this situation because they don't know how to handle this, this idea that, you know, if you see something, say something like an adult man naked with adult with, with children, that's probably a bad thing. But it's it's also at the same time, the progressives and it's just this radical ideology is, is pushing almost an opposite message. Uh, and I think that's part of why we're just not we're just not getting the, uh, the, the sense of scandal that we really ought to. Justin, it's also remarkable if you go back just this year with the in the spring, the Warwick situation, or I should say the Providence administrator who was brought up from Florida, who then they found out got in trouble for the toe popping because Harrison Peters was the person who hired him and was in kind of the union crosshairs, so to speak. And, and it's a way to kind of jab at Afonte Green. The union went full blast with legislators to remove Harrison Peters, even though the incident with the foot massage happened at a gym in Warwick, had nothing to do with Providence, but his actions, of which he was then arrested, uh, caused his boss, Harrison Peters, the superintendent, to lose his job. You don't see that here. You don't see the, if anything, I would argue what was going on in North Kingstown, much worse than there was no allegation of this person, the Providence administrator, who wasn't even dealing with students. He was dealing with schools. So to me, you kind of see when, you know, they can get certain legislators who are on their payroll up in arms and we're going to have an oversight hearing and he's got to go. They went full blast to take out Harrison Peters. You haven't seen that with the superintendent in, in North Kingstown, who, as you mentioned, he knew about this in 2018. Folks, he right. is the managing editor of AnchorRising.com. It's uh, Justin Katz. Justin, great job as always. And we will talk to you again. Thank you, John. I look forward to everyone. 
Well, health continues to be an important part of our daily lives. That's why you need to stop in and see the queen of health. It's Marie at It's My Health, because it's your health. But It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Look for her on Facebook. You can also call her at 401-305-3585. You know where she is, right in that very majestic old white church, diagonally across from Davidport Restaurant. It's My Health. And inside, pop in. You'll see vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies who understand quality, integrity, local products like acai, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Wait till you see the selection. Over 250 bulk herbs, teas, spices purchased by the ounce plus boxed herbs and teas plus hemp and CBD products. Stop in natural skincare products, hair care products. It's my health, because it's your health. Stop it and see Marie, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You're listening to The John DePietro Show on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, remember, you can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Check out the website, dipietro.com. We have original, unique, exclusive stories, videos, content, all our links to social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. It's all right there. And that's also the best way to reach me. Log on at the website, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com, DePetro.com. All is here. It's going to start to get colder. Folks, call R.E. Coogan and Heating today at 401-732-6562. R.E. Coogan and Heating, 24-hour emergency service, whether it's plumbing or heating and cooling, helpful, trustworthy, reliable. As Coogie says, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. Call them today, 401-732-6562. You can also find them on Facebook and the website, recooganheating.com. They are helpful, trustworthy, reliable residential services. From winter to summer, trained technicians provide 100% service, one customer at a time. Service calls, maintenance agreements, call R.E. Coogan and Heating today, 401-732-6562. It's Coogie, 401-732-6562. Again, look for them on Facebook and then the website, recooganheating.com. Call now. Keep your home nice and warm. Gas, oil burners, 24 emergency service, R.E. Coogan and Heating, 401-732-6562. Listening to the John DePietro Show, it's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. I want to play uh, Channel 12, folks. This is not good for Governor McKee. And this contract controversy that he and his crew are trying to blow off, uh, there's nothing good about what took place here. And I want to give full credit to uh, Channel 12. Listen to this story. It has to do with the unusual bidding process. 12 News Now on WPRI.com. I'm Ted Nisi. Well, Target 12 is continuing our investigation contract controversy, looking into that $5.2 million state contract that went to a company with close ties to folks around Governor Dan McKee. Target 12, as we reported earlier in this week, obtained thousands of pages of documents through an open records request related to this deal. And one of the things we spotted was an email suggesting that the contract for the company, I had been exempted from a 1% fee, a controversial 1% fee, that is usually levied on all similar state contracts. Uh, We asked about this Monday morning. It took the state days to get back to us, but we finally received a response today, Friday, confirming that, yes, the 1% fee was waived for the ILO contract. They say it's because it was not disclosed up front that it would be part of the agreement since the bidding process was unusual and began in one uh, one type of bid and was converted to a different one before the 5.2 million. I know. Guy. But since Target 12 has asked, both the state and ILO are now indicating the 1% fee will be paid back to the state, as is true of many other vendors Look at this that. kind of agreement. You can find our full story on this on WPRI.com, as well as all our coverage of the ILO contract. For 12 News, I'm Ted Nisi. You know, that is, uh, folks, there's nothing good about that for Governor McKee. So there's supposed to be a percent in uh, charge to it, a fee charge to it. And instead, because it's in fact friends of the governor they don't have to pay it you know governor mckee was given incredible opportunity and that was in march he took over he was not elected governor former mayor of cumberland 
Lieutenant Governor Dan McKee was given the incredible opportunity to become the governor for then fill out the fulfill the term of Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo, who has joined the Biden administration as Commerce Secretary. And we are, let's see, so he took over in March. There's four, four state police investigations in his administration. This contract, there's, there's, no, there's no excuse for it. As much as it was maybe well-intentioned, they basically allowed the person who was then going to receive the $5 million to create the specs of how the bid was going to go. Uh, that, that's, that's against the law. You're not supposed to allow that. They've also been very defensive, and they've played it kind of fast and loose with Channel 12, who was trying to get the information. Now, let me say this about Channel 12. Let's just, I'll even pretend for Governor McKee's sake, the McKee people are saying the only reason that Channel 12 knows about this is, uh, you know, because of one of their, the other people running for governor gave it to them. Even if all of that is true, let's just say they were being fed that. Uh, it still doesn't excuse the actions of the McKee people. Either something is there or it's not. If 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 you're going the speed limit, then you have no no reason to worry if, in fact, they're, you know, with a radar gun or who told the police to get a radar gun on, on your vehicle. Things were, were not followed the way they were supposed to, the protocol for this contract. And, and they can get upset with Channel 12 and they can say that it's being – you know, the whole thing's being driven by some of their political opponents, and, and some of that may be true. But still, it comes back to this This is a matter where there's smoke, there's fire. Folks, this portion of the program, by the way, if you visit the website, depetro.com, see a lot of our unique stories. And it's brought to you by Brood Awakenings. There's a Brood Awakenings near you. They're local, delicious, fresh food. Stop in and see them at Brood Awakenings. They have a great menu, whether it's breakfast or lunch or maybe you've been working from home and you want to just go into more of an atmosphere that where at least there's some people around. It's a very cozy environment. Brood Awakenings, fresh ingredients. They have the drive through locations in both Johnston, Warwick, Pontiac Avenue, Cranston, the brand new Brood Awakenings. Full bar, by the way, 100 Westminster Street in downtown Providence. And then you also have uh, Bald Hill Road in Warwick and Two in Johnston. Stop and see them at Brood Awakenings. Folks, we, again, at the website, we have a lot of unique stories. But the McKee people, they can uh, complain all they want. But I believe they have no one to blame but themselves. They're the ones that have set off on this course of action. As I said, the governor had a unique situation opportunity here to get a leg up on his competition. But instead, he's, uh, he's four in on these investigations so it's not working out for him all right a lot more ahead on the john DePietro show you're listening to the john DePietro show on am 1380 99.9 fm remember you can always listen online at the website dipetro.com now while you're there uh there's a lot of exclusive stories folks we cover stories the rest of the media ignores it's real news whether it's video that we're out at a crime or a protest or various things that are happening, plus other exclusive stories that we break, log on at the website. That's also the best way to reach me, by the way. If you'd like to get in touch with me, just scroll down a little bit. You'll see a, a button that says Contact John. You can also support the program. You you can also get some great merchandise in the shop right there at DePetro.com. And it's all our links to social media, whether it's Facebook, so you can watch Facebook Live or also twitter or youtube or instagram so take a minute and then also we have some great sponsors there as well it is a happening check it each day it's dipetro.com <laughs> 